Once again, welcome everyone to Christ Central Church, and greetings once again to those online, everyone here in person. And as Angela said, my name's Joe Crummy, and today we're going to be continuing our series on formation, the way of Jesus. And can I just say, as, I, um, as we do part two on this message, that, again, here's the context for what we're going to be talking about this morning is, and I know it's sometimes dangerous saying it the way I'm going to say it because of people's experiences in life, but this is just what I feel God's heart is. Everything we're sharing last week, this week, you have to understand the context of this is coming from a good father who loves his children and wants the best for his children. That's the context that you have to understand the things that we're going to be talking about, that we're talking that God is our creator and God has created us as human beings to be in relationship with him. And we live in a fallen world. We don't have to convince you of that. We live in a world that's broken. And God sent his son Jesus, who is God, to be the way for us to know God as father and we follow him. And God's committed to the process as we put our faith and hope in Jesus that he makes us become more like Jesus in every way. And God uses his spirit and he uses his word and he uses the church and all these different things to help us and shape our lives so that our lives honor and reflect God and bring hope to this broken world. And therefore, that affects every little, 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 little decision in our lives and that affects every big decision in our lives. And so today, part two, we're taking a look at Jesus and what it is, and we're talking about sex and sexuality and all that. So again, I give the preamble of parents, you might need to talk to your kids this week to review and explain and clarify some of the things. And I know this is a big topic, and last week we explored how we're created male and female in God's image, and that was very good, and that God's created our anatomy and our brains and our chemicals, and we're created for pleasure, and we're sexual beings, whether we're sexually active or not, and sex was God's design, and that was good, and marriage, the two become one flesh, and we saw how sin, and again, sin is when we disobey God, when we ignore God, sin's even when we turn a good thing into an ultimate thing, and it can become an idol. All those things distort, so we see things not right, it taints, it damages, and throughout history, over thousands of years right to today, sex and sexuality has been distorted. And so we have things like shame and abuse and power and control, manipulation and selfishness and addictions and whew, I can go on and on and on. We live in a broken world. So we've been taking a look, how can our sexuality, and we've expanded that definition like friendship, commitment, romance, energy, all from God, but broken in this fallen world, right down to our DNA is broken and tainted. How can our sexuality, our thought life, our actions, how can we use the passion energy God's given us, how can that be channeled to honor God, to honor ourselves and to honor each other and bring life to others versus either being out of control or repressed or actually being harmful to others. And so we started with identity and again, you can follow some of these messages over the last couple of weeks and just how and who defines and what defines us is the starting point. And so our identity affects our behavior. And so again, we're just, let's just read from 1 Corinthians 6. And again, Paul was just bringing instructions to the church in Corinth, and they were messed up. They were messed up, 
and he's bringing order out of chaos, and they had some sexual sin going on. And how does Paul approach dealing with that? He starts with their identity, which then leads into affecting their behavior. So let's just read this again, and I'm just taking some verses from 1 Corinthians 6, and you can read the whole thing, but verses 11 to 21. And Paul's saying, this is who you used to be. And he's saying, you used to be greedy, and you used to be divisive, and you used to be slanders and drunkards and sexually immoral and all that. And he comes at it, and we pick it up in verse 11. He says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were made holy. You were justified. You were made right with God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And the culture says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. And that's the same our culture says today. But Paul says this, but I will not be mastered by anything. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will also raise us. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? who of you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Woof. So our starting point in all these things, I want you to understand more than just trying to follow a bunch of rules. Understand, we have a new relationship with God. God puts his spirit within us. He gives us a new heart, and he begins to change our desires it begins to change our priorities and our values. And it's not all about me anymore. It's all about I want to honor God and I want to respect those around me. And he does that out of our relationship and knowing who we are in Christ. And our part is to be intentional. And that's the, some of the things we're going to look at today. So we've been looking at this framework of life, this trellis that we talked about that supports and facilitates growth in becoming more like Jesus. And just to remind you of that definition that we've been using of a framework of life, a pattern of practices that supports our friendship with Jesus so that we bear the fruit of his character, we experience his presence, that's what we're asking for in everything in everyday life, and that these patterns and practices helps us offer his nourishing life to others. And so, as we look at some of these things today, let me just give this word of clarification. So again, I'm speaking to us as a family. I'm speaking as an elder, a father, pastor to us as a family at Christ Central Church. And folks, we all have our own issues. As Jody was just sharing, we all have our own issues. We all have our own temptations. We have our own addictions, vulnerabilities. Sometimes we have our secret struggles. And I'm saying this today, that we're in this together and that we want to become a church and be a church that it's a safe place to try to figure some of these things out. And these principles apply to all, whether we're single, heterosexual, same gender attracted, married, divorced, all the spectrum. And here's the thing, and this is what makes it so difficult. I hope you track with me. There are so many nuances and discussions that are beyond the scope of this talk last week and this talk today. 
and there's context, and especially when it comes to things like same gender attraction and LBGTQ plus and all those different things. So here's what I'm gonna say. We wanna be able to deal with some of those nuances that either one-on-one or maybe with a group together, and so I'm gonna give you an option here in a moment. Because these are some of the things that we struggle with pastorally that in our culture, and we have to find ways to walk through them together. Because sometimes people say this, you know, I was born this way, and I have these attractions and different things, and so what do I do with that? And does God love me anyways? All those things. Some people might be like, hey, I know I'm born this way physically, but I've been born again spiritually, and out of obedience to Jesus, I'm going to remain single, even though I might be attracted to the same gender. There's a cost to it. So some people are wrestling through that. Some people are like, I just don't want to talk about it. And we're trying to say, no, we need to talk about these things. Some Christians, unfortunately, can be very hateful and can be very mean. And so we don't want to be that. We want to be able to talk and journey these things through together. And sometimes Christians can sometimes maybe pick on one thing, like same gender, and yet we excuse heterosexuals living together, porn, all of that. We don't even talk about that, and we point out this. So you see all the nuances in just in some of those examples that we have to try to walk through? I can't cover all those things today. So I don't want to ignore them, and I want to say, hey, I'm going to provide in a second my email on that. Let's talk, and maybe we can do a group together, or we can, and we can talk about some of those things if you have concerns about that, or you're wondering more, and folks, I'm asking, we as a church family, and all of these different things, we got to have compassion, got to listen to one another, got to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes, and see where they're coming from, and journey together, and we have to be real, and honest, and wrestle through some of these things together, and what I'm trying to do here in this framework of life, I'm just trying to say, in 2022, how do we live out following Jesus? And our sexuality is a huge part of that. We can't ignore it. We can't deny it. We can't let it rule us either. So how do we honor God and be obedient to what God's Word says? And we don't want to be hateful. We don't want to coerce people to change. But yeah, it's not all free for all as well. So briefly this morning, I just want to give some guidelines, some boundaries to honor God, to honor one another with our sexuality. We started with identity last week, and here are some different things that we're just going to walk through today. So you can go to the next slide. Here we go. And so these are just some launch pads that are all messages in themselves, but I'm just trying to give you in this framework of life, like what are some anchors that can help me channel my sexuality to honor God and one another? Here are some helpful things. Know our identity. Second, or first thing for today is, folks, we just need, and sometimes it's just one or two, we just need some friends. We need some trusted friends, and probably this is not going to be like dozens, this is, might be one, or two, or three, that we know we're not alone, and Ollie did a whole message a few weeks ago on friendship, and that's why that came first. That was kind of a basis for some of these things. But one or two trusted friends that we can share our sexuality concerns with, our struggles with, our temptations, our questions, so that we know we're not alone. Folks, we can't let some of these things fester inside. As I said about this framework of life, it's not to repress things. It's to provide 
some riverbanks for this channel of energy to be properly lived out in our lives. And sometimes we deal with guilt. What do we mean by guilt? Sometimes we feel bad for the things that we've done, so we know we might have a past. Sometimes we feel shame, which is different. We just feel bad for who I am as a person. And sometimes that comes from the wrongs that have been done to us. That maybe we've been physically abused or sexually abused or emotionally abused and we feel dirty and we feel shame. We need to be able to talk about these things with some trusted friends. And we need to be able to, with friends, the Bible says we can deal with those things in a couple of different ways. If we feel guilty and things, the Bible says we can confess our sins to one another. We can know that God forgives us. And not only does God forgive us, God cleanses us from the inside out. That we can know that the wrongs that have been done to us, that Jesus is going to bring justice to those things. That Jesus brings supernatural healing by the power of his Holy Spirit. That as we bring things into the light, the power of the secret loses its power. That we can be free. And yes, sometimes we might need more counseling. We might need some professional help. But a lot of times it's just us being with some friends that we can confess and pray and check in with one another and speak truth into one another's life and we can journey together. And as Ollie said at the end of his message on friendship, we can ask God, God, would you provide one or two friends if we don't have any right now? That's a huge part. Second thing, I'll just mention this. We can have some guidelines if we're in a dating relationship. We can be intentional and proactive. That we can have some healthy guidelines to help honor God, protect ourselves, protect each other. And actually, we as a church, we provide it. We've actually written some um, guidelines and a booklet just on whether you're single, if you're get, looking at marrying, all of that to help you. And so we can provide those to you if you'd like to find, the, find out more on that different thing. But we just want to be smart. We want to think ahead and avoid some temptation and vulnerable context to have a game plan. Because this, and this is what everything we're going to go through, the cultural values that we live in are totally different from the values of Jesus. So the cultural advice in dating, it goes something like this. You should sleep together to find out if you're compatible. That, that's our culture. And that's promote it. And Jesus says, save sex until marriage. And there's all kinds of reasons for that, because we talked about last week how the two become one. And that's a special thing, and that's to be saved for marriage. And then you've got the rest of your life and married life to figure out the rest. Our culture says this, number three, just to honor marriage. The culture says this, if you're not happy in a marriage, leave. That's our culture. So our culture, and I had friends, went to marriage counseling, not a Christian counselor. After one session, the advice was, well, obviously you're not happy, and it's time you start looking out for yourself. Why don't you consider leaving? Now, I'll say this. I'm not advocating, so if you're in an abusive relationship or there's neglect, okay, there are ways out to protect you. And we're all for that. And our goal is always restoration if we can, 
But if not, so you don't have to stay in an abusive relationship. That's not what I'm talking about, so just be clear on that. But I'm saying the Bible and God honors marriage. And yes, we live in a broken world, so God's provided some safety valves to help us. But Jesus said this, marriage is a reflection of his relationship with the church. <laughs> That's a pretty high value. <laughs> Jesus is saying marriage reflects Jesus and the church. Therefore, we want to honor marriage. So if we're single, we want to honor marriage by waiting for marriage, or we might have to say, you know what? God, I'm married to you, and you need to help me live out a single life. And if we are married, we have to honor this relationship and realize it's different from any other. And we have to be aware if we're developing emotional or physical connections with anyone outside of our spouse, that's a warning. And we need to be proactive and listen to the Holy Spirit and follow God's God-given God guidelines to protect us. And some of our marriages, we need some counseling. We need some help. We need to work through some different things. And we want to journey with that. Four, porn. And I'll trust you understand what I'm talking about. In our culture, it's acceptable to read, view, engage. Jesus said, do not commit adultery. And he also said this, even if you look at a person lustfully, you're sinning. So Jesus raises the standard. But then Jesus also says, the standard's higher, but I have given you a new power to resist and choose life instead. By the power of my resurrected life, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, as we were just singing about, now lives in us. So Jesus doesn't raise the standard and say, good luck, you're on your own. Jesus said, I've come I've lived a perfect life. I've lived the standard. I died on the cross. I took all the sin and shame and guilt and everything. Justice. God was satisfied. And God raised Jesus from the dead. Breaking the power of sin. Paying the penalty of sin. Removing the partition. Getting rid of the pollution. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. And he now gives his Holy Spirit freely to those who are his followers so that we can be empowered to live a life that pleases God, including our sexuality. Only God is bigger and stronger than the power of sometimes our sexual sin. <sighs> Porn is just short-term pleasure for long-term pain. And we see the devastation of it every day. Folks, God's guidelines are there to help us and protect us. Man, if we followed them by the power of his Holy Spirit, the world would look a lot different. So again, as we're saying in New Testament, <clears throat> it's all about being proactive and being intentional and <clears throat> being responsible. So we want to be proactive. So it's not so much don't do this. It's more like, hey, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be satisfied in God. <laughs> Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing, speak psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God. So it's not just saying, no, you can't do this. It's saying yes to everything God has for us. It's being responsible. James 4 talks about submit to God and resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? By first submitting to God. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Do you see it's proactive? It's all the good things. Now, sometimes we do get stuck. 
And sometimes we get addicted to things and we need help. And that's why we need friends and we need a church that we can come and say, guys, gals, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I need help. And the Bible says we bring things into the light. Satan works in secret. We bring things into the light. And a lot of times, right just doing that, it loses its power. And we confess and we ask for help. And folks, we might need to do some changes. So Jesus was pretty, when it came to sexual stuff, he was like, man, if your arm's causing you to sin, cut it off. I mean, like, he was saying this, take it seriously, and we might have to make some changes. So we might have to make some changes. How does that practically look? We might have to say, you know what, I'm not going to have my device in my bedroom at, at all. My laptop, my iPad, my phone. You might say, Joe, that's kind of extreme. Well, I don't want you addicted to stuff that's going to kill you. So I'm not trying to impose law. I'm trying to say, we got some decisions. And we can be wise and say, I'm going to put some boundaries in that are going to help me. Maybe I'm going to get rid of some apps. Maybe I'm going to, I'm just going to make some changes that are going to help me. And we might need some extra help. We might need some extra prayer and ministry. There might be some strongholds there that we've got to find what, what the root is and we've got to get some help. But these are some guidelines. Five, companionship. And what do I mean by that? It's a lot like the first one with friendship, but companionship is, first of all, just being friends with God. It sounds so simple, but folks, sometimes, again, our view of God, we want to honor God. But folks, Jesus said, you know, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you as friends. And folks, in Christianity, I hope we know, and we want to honor God, and we're not just kind of buddy-buddy. I don't mean to be irreverent. But we can be friends with God. We can pour out our heart to God. He sees it and knows it anyways. And a lot of times we're seeking a substitute with all these other sexual things when really we need God. So companionship is just having friendship with God. And folks, when we begin to enjoy God and satisfied with God and God feeds us, you know what it does? It actually frees us to not only honor God, but it actually frees us to honor and love and serve one another with much more integrity and freedom and joy. And we need companionship with others, and this is why the church is such an incredible place. And I know we fall short a lot of times, and I know people, sometimes we don't get it right, and I know it's tempting just to forget it all. Please don't. We're going to keep seeking to help one another and just have time with people and friends to connect We can have healthy relationships, and sometimes it's just going for a walk with one another, having a coffee together, playing together, sports, laughing, crying. And part of this whole series is it's hard to do that when we're busy and we're trying to be intentional, create those spaces for us to have that as a priority. Which leads into the next one, serving. We can give life to others because our culture is very consumer. What can you do 
for me. And that creeps into church life as well, right? It's like, what can this church do for me? And we don't even sometimes even think of it that way, but we're like, well, this person didn't do this for me, and this church didn't do this for me, and we can get very, as opposed to Jesus is saying, hey, where can I serve? Where can I give? And sometimes when we lay down our life, we find life. We offer people life by serving and loving, and we bless others. So a lot of times as we serve and give of ourselves and we're devoted to others, we actually find God's life, and it channels our sexuality into serving others. And there's so many different examples, so many different ways, so many different contexts, whether we're single, widow, dating, married, old, young, but we can help families around us. We can babysit. We can have meals together. There's different things we can do. We can help in church life. And we've got lots of needs in areas. But we can serve in different ways that fit our personality and our capacity and all of those different things. We can help in our community. We can help in our workplace. We just encourage people. Ken Shigematsu says this, when we connect with others in ways that bring life, whether it involves encouraging words, welcoming people, teaching life skills, we are expressing our sexuality, our desire to give and nurture life. These have a fuller definition of sexuality. It goes beyond just sexual activities. It's God's put it in us because we're made in God's image to nurture and to give life. And that can come in so many different ways. So in closing, I know I kind of breeze through those different things. But this is really the heart of what I believe God wants for us. It's this, choosing a path of sexual purity to honor God, to honor one another. Like when single people choose not to engage in sexual activities or give up their right to have sex for the rest of their lives, some people have that from God. They're my heroes. (laughs) Or when married people choose not to pursue other options outside of their marriage by being faithful to their spouse. Folks, when we do that, you know what we're doing? We're offering a very precious gift to Jesus. We offer a gift to ourselves as we become more and more deeply connected to God ourselves. And we actually, as I'm saying, we find that we actually have more of ourselves to offer to others. And folks, can I say this? This is a very radical practice in our world today. This is radical. This is radical. That we're saying our bodies and our minds aren't for my selfishness. They're to honor God and actually honor one another. That's a radical thing in our world today. And maybe as we've gone through these things, maybe you maybe feel upset or sad or ashamed or guilty because maybe your present situation or your past experiences with sexuality, both things maybe you've done or things done to you, there's good news. We have a Father who cares in heaven. He's concerned, and he's done something about it. And the good news is that in Jesus, God forgives, God cleanses, God washes, God redeems, God restores, God makes new. And there's help available within our church family to walk that out together. And remember, our framework isn't just about rules and saying no to fun and to pleasure for the sake of saying no. Folks, we're saying no 
to some things in order to say a bigger yes to Jesus. Saying no to some things in order to say a greater yes to Jesus and choosing to be more fully focused on God. That's the intentionality of everything we're talking about in this framework of life. That we're choosing to weave a healthy sexuality into our framework of life. Folks, it's not easy. It's probably this, might, this topic might be maybe the most difficult of all of them. Because it requires us to go against the tide of culture big time. So thinking about and developing healthy guidelines and boundaries, it's going to be difficult but necessary. Folks, we might have to seek some new friends who share Christ's values. That We certainly need to rely on the Holy Spirit to channel our sexual energy in ways that honor God, ourselves, and other people. And to know the joy of imparting this life-giving gift to others. It's difficult, but it's possible. So this week, I'll leave you with some questions that, again, we'll put on the live stream that you can wrestle through in your small groups, your life groups, on your own with maybe one or two friends. Just thinking through, do you know someone who maybe has some healthy sexual boundaries that maybe you could learn from? What do those consist of? You can ask other people. If you're dating, you can ask other people, hey, what did you do when you were dating to have some healthy boundaries? How do you deal with this struggle? What do you think about this? We can learn from each other. We can talk about why is good friendship such an important part of cultivating a healthy sexuality. Whether we are single or married, what are some healthy and I was like, man, what word do I use? I was going to say non-sexual ways, but we're trying to say sexuality is bigger. Non-genital ways to express our, sexu- our sexuality. How's that for an awkward way of putting that? <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we will talk afterwards. <laughs> you can talk to a, my friend named Barb, and she will help explain that to you. How can we say yes to God through our sexuality? What hope can a person who feels sexually compromised or shameful find in God? Those are just some things for us to talk about this week. All right, our time's gone, so I'm gonna ask the worship team to come, and one of the things with having sort of a closing song is this, it's not just routine, it's an opportunity, because a lot of times God speaks through his word, speaks through the preaching of his word, and honestly, sometimes in the next five minutes, determine sometimes if we're actually going to do anything about what we feel God's saying to us. So when we do a closing song, a lot of times it's an opportunity for us to say yes to God in our heart. It might be saying yes to someone even, or texting someone and just saying, you know what? I need to meet with you this week to discuss a few things. But you're, tech, you're saying it right now. You're putting some, because Jesus talked a lot about it's not just hearing God's word, it's doing God's word. And so as we sing this song, why don't you stand if you're here and able online. As we sing, we're saying, God, hey, come and have your way. Speak to me, reveal Are there any next steps? What do you want me to do in light of this message?
and we can take a step forward and say, God, help me to incorporate some of these things into my life. So God, we just come and say thank you that you're a good father. And despite maybe our experiences here on earth, Lord, I pray that people would know that you're a good father and that you have life in store for us, that there's life in Jesus Christ. And God, our sexual energy that you've given to us, that's a good thing, Lord. It's so perverted in our world. It's so strong and powerful. God, we sometimes say, Lord, how can I follow you when I'm tempted with these things, when I feel these urges for that? God, we say we need you. God, we really do. Lord, our heart is to honor you. God, help us. God, I pray now in these next five minutes, would you speak or help us to put into practice some of these things that you've given to us as a help so that we can honor you. God, we can honor our own bodies, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, but God, we can honor one another. Lord, we don't want to abuse or slime or hurt anyone else. So God, help us, Lord, genuinely. Speak, and Lord, empower us to respond differently, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.